0: Welcome back to the Dynasty Grind, my name is Peter Howard, at P.A. Howdy on Twitter. This week I spoke with Russ Fisher from the Trade Addicts Network podcast, network and podcast, it's a whole thing. Um, He's very fun, he's on Twitter, at Dynasty House, and also on the Dynasty Grind every week on Wednesdays at 9.30 with me and Zach Reed. As always, I had a great time talking with Russ. The the thing about Russ is, trying to extract... The process or how he plays Dynasty out of him. I mean, how he plays Dynasty is essentially his Russ Fisher. The process is being Russ. Uh, But he tries to encourage us to develop our own inner Russ, I guess. And by uh, saying we should just try to make more trades and be less afraid of it, I guess. Um, Again, he has really interesting thoughts. But it's a little hard to artificially extract them. Let me know what you think. Thanks very much.
1: Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the and learn some at once.
0: We start, uh, just going to start out with uh, asking you who you are and what do you do? Why should we care? What do you do for Dynasty that might help us?
2: No, oh, you absolutely shouldn't care about anything I do, but I am right, Russ Fisher. Yep. Good show, everybody. Uh Russ Fisher <laughs> at Dynasty Add House on Twitter. I am the host of the Trade Addicts Podcast, Dynasty Game Night, Dynasty Wall Street, of the DLF trade show on YouTube. I think that's everything these days. I can't remember. I think that's it. Right. Oh, yeah, and you know, Tap Network, Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. Gotta shout that out. Um, so you so you talk about trades. You try to basically make
0: good trades to build your team or to make your team better? Or what's, what's well, how a
2: trades useful? I mean, that's what you want, right? Like, that's the goal. I won't say that's why I always do them. Or I, I will never claim to only make good trades. Clearly, I make it's impossible to only make good trades, you're gonna be wrong, you're gonna make mistakes. But that's part of the fun of it is messing things up and then having to fix them the only way to fix a bad trade is to make another one. And that is something that I don't think enough people really have in their head. Like they're so afraid of making bad trades. They don't make trades and they don't realize that no trade is ever your last. You just got to keep going. If you make a bad trade, even if you make a good trade, your team can still be better. Are you undefeated? Cool. You can still be better. I mean, don't completely mess with your team if you're, if you're winning like that, but, it does. You, you don't rest on your laurels. You rest on your laurels. You end up losing. It's. It might not be right away, but I had some. I oh man, I made someone rage quit a league once because they were that good. Before I got like it was a, a home league. This guy never traded, never traded because he did that well in the startup and got lucky once or twice at the end of the first round of rookie drafts. I got in the league it took me like a year and a half, but then I won two years in a row and he rage quit. Like he just, he left the league because he saw what I could do by trading. And I also then left the league because I thought it was hilarious and it was really boring after that. But, you know, like it's just, to me, it's the most fun part of dynasty football. A lot of people say the draft. I am, I'm not good at drafting. (laughs) I, I, you know, if I can't trade during drafts, I'm terrible. Like I, I, my teams don't end up great even though i like them that's probably part of the problem is during drafts i'm like well i mean t higgins is sitting there and eh, okay i'll just take t higgins you know like i don't know like so again like i don't i don't know if it always makes my team better but i keep going <coughs> But the goal is to win the league. That's what I mean.
0: You are using trade to trade. Okay, I'm just checking. So there's a lot of positivity in there, and I'm never sure with you positive guys whether you actually want to win, whether you got that in you. So I just thought I'd check.
1: Um, well, Well, let me...
2: Like a year ago, I forgot who it was, and someone asked in the chat. Like, after hearing me talk, they're like, wouldn't you rather win than rebuild? And I'm just like... Well, you have 15 leagues, so you could win in three and rebuild in the rest, you know, like it pays for the rest of your leagues. Rebuilding is so much fun to me. But yes, in the end. Do you find yourself uh, trying to make certain types
0: of trades right now as a particular player or a position or something you're trying to do in most leagues? If you um, have one league is normally the way I've been phrasing it. Like, what are you trying to do? is there anything right you just watching the yeah, steps roll in
2: uh, nothing to take advantage of it doesn't necessarily have to be an answer but. well i am i'm i don't like making decisions in all aspects of life really but like i line up decisions like i stress myself out and usually i pick the wrong thing so i hate having depth on my team so yeah like i will if i have 9 10 starters and you well no we start 10 if i have like 12 13 starters I'm going to go to every single team whether they're competing or not and see what studs they have and see if I can do a two or three for one, you know, see what I can get away with. You know, hopefully I have some picks around to help, but I will always try and throw two starters to get one bigger starter. I a uh, Pitman level player and someone a little below to try and upgrade to um you know, like a Steph Diggs or Devonta. Well, that was Adams. the next
0: question. Who are the who are the studs? Is Stefan Diggs someone you still keeping in that category, despite the oh, fact yes. you know he's slightly older?
2: Oh, who cares? Like, like the point of that is to win. And like Steph Diggs, Tyreek Hill, even Devontae Adams, they're such good wide receivers that I I'm not scared of their age at all. They are such good route runners. They have such good hands. And I just, I mean, you see this past weekend, Deshaun Jackson burns people. He's like 47. Like, I don't think these players are human anymore. So I'm not going to hold them to the same stats that we, you know, limitations that we were holding them to 10 years ago. Like, I'm absolutely fine rolling with a player that's 29 years old, especially when they're signs of slowing.
0: When you say I'm going to go tear up, basically, is a way Mm -hmm. I said it before, like use some players to go get a player
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, in a fair way. Not here's a group of trash. Give give me. Oh, if I can get away Um, with it, I will
2: absolutely do that. But, you know,
0: usually doesn't work. But I think the names that jump out the list in Dynasty right now are like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, perhaps coming back soon. but I don't think he's been back yet. Nope. And so there might be a window there. Instead, you're focusing on the older guys. Do you find yourself doing that a lot? Is that every year? Is that just where you think the value is right now?
2: Um, more of where it is right now. If I could get away with grabbing Jalen Waddle, I absolutely would. But like you've been saying before, and what you've sort of been alluding to is older guys are a little cheaper, <laughs> you know, because you, you you their value goes down when they get older. So if I can get, Steph Diggs for the value of a mid first, as opposed to having to send two first to go get Waddle. Where, you know, maybe they're even if their value was not out, even if their production was exactly similar. Heck, even if Waddle outproduced Diggs, mm. I would feel fine with that, knowing I spent half the price. And okay, maybe I won't have Steph Diggs for the next five years, like I would Waddle, but I don't care about five years from now. Like having a player on my team for more than a year is not super common. Like I I'm I'm constantly just flipping teams around and mostly for fun, but also riding waves of value, because that's what it's always about, especially in the non-point scoring season, when points don't matter values, the only thing that does. So even like if T Higgins magically becomes the wide receiver one somehow, yeah, I'm going to sell a couple of shares because while I love that man it's still just worth it to get the value if my team especially isn't great yet. So, you know, that's really what it's about. It doesn't matter in season too much about, you know, age and stuff like that. So like there's different times where different things matter, but I still trust that I can do what needs to get done in the end. So I care a little less about age. Um. Let me try and figure out what value is.
0: Uh, would That's you draft... Point. You would draft the younger players over the old players, right? you take Justin Jefferson, yeah. you take Jamar Chase. Now, I was having this... I was having a conversation with John after the show last week about um, how we rank, and it's really frustrating and also not, in that we tend to think of ranks in wildly different ways. Um, but... Unless you explain how you're ranking, they're of little use to anyone. There's no universal what people tend to think that ranks are a certain thing. Are you like this player more than that player? And I had to change the way I used to do ranks because the simple answer is that's not how I rank. I would draft this player over that player, but I'd rank the second player over the first player in terms of players I like, prefer, think are going to score more points, as it were. so while well, looking at ranks and converting it to ADP, it's not always the case. I don't yeah. know why I'm going on about this. I think it's interesting because right now what's going on in ADP is running backs are falling drastically further than we've seen in a while. Even after the last couple of years of down years in terms of difference making running back production we are getting less of it and they're less young. And it's really this year that the ADP is starting to fall. The last four years, for example, the top 12 running backs have been drafted within the first um, 12 picks. On average, the ADP of the top 12 running backs has been less than 12. This year, well, right now, normally I measure August to August, but right now it's inside the top 20. So the average Hmm. has dropped significantly. The last time that happened was 2017, and so on and so forth. So what your experience in drafts I always assume is relative to what's going on in leagues. You know, people value their running backs less
2: just because it's less
0: important. Uh,
2: I think you are trying to simplify something that isn't simple because you ask the question, what is value? Well, kind Mm. of value. You know, even trade value is made up of different values. And ADP, or we'll just call it draft value for now, is completely different than trade value for exactly what you said before usually in a startup draft the older guys will fall a bit but in season is you know T Higgins will get drafted before Cooper cup Cooper cup is going to be worth more when they're playing assuming it's not right now where Cooper cup is hurt you know like it is it's a it's a different world and a lot of it comes down to especially in a startup where people go in with an idea of a team they want to do. Oh, I want a productive struggle. So I want to get young wide receivers. So they'll pass on older running backs. And if it's super flex, even like quarterbacks and they'll, they'll stick to a certain thing. And that is why you can't stick to a certain thing because what you just take, what falls to you more or less, because otherwise you are losing value by drafting the same way everyone else is, And then what time of year it is, I know it's funny, I told you I started writing an article about the different trade seasons in a year, and then DLF just sort of stopped remembering that I wrote articles, and I stopped writing it, and you're like, no, 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 you should write that, and I'm like, all right, maybe I need to sit down and write that, because it really is, it's so different, and like, I did write one episode, episode? One, one article where I start out by saying trade value is a puzzle, where... No two people's pieces are the same shape or size. so And that's why trading is both hard and fun because you can't be like, I have this young wide receiver and old running back piece. Let me fit this in to your young running back and old wide receiver piece. They'll fit nice and easy and let's go. But then they give another person goes. Oh, I, I'm an ageist. I don't take anybody old, so I don't need that. See, my age, my old running back pieces are this big. That doesn't fit in yours. Like everything is so different that. Um. So let's simplify it. That's all I'm saying. Let's do that thing you say we
0: can't do. Now, uh, what's what trade season are we in right now? Did you have terms or specific dates? Because I've, uh, we I we often talk about not. different periods throughout the year and we map. I think they also change is why there's no definitive map. Um, and so do you have something in general right now that what trade season you think it is right now
2: I I mean I it's deadline season right it's that time where most leagues have trade deadlines which oh man like (laughs) that's not a conversation I'll get into now because it'll take up the entire show but also go watch the DLF trade show Addison and I talked about it and then go listen to the trade addicts where Rocky and Andrew and I talked about it for a bit also, because that's just, it's always brought up now, but now is the time where you're preparing, whether it's for a playoff run or if it's getting rid of your scoring players. So you can tank the last few games and get a better draft pick and pick up some younger players, you know, it's preparing for the end right now. And that's why you will see a lot of, it's funny. Like you want to, in my in my podcast we we rate trades we say who we think win you know who got the better value and too often we're just like no that's even it makes sense for both of them because it's an old guy for a pick or a producing guy for a young prospect and you're just like we can't say one's better than the other because one team's heading in one direction and another team's heading in another and that's what this is right now this is the definitive line in the sand because for a lot of leagues you can't trade for a couple of months after this. So it, I, it's pretty much deadline season. And well, something I've heard you talk
0: about before is how one player's trade value doesn't match their ADP or doesn't match their keep oh, all no. And no. um, you've mentioned Armand Rott St. Brand as someone whose trade value is lower than where you'll find him ranked by yeah. Dynasty Degenerates
2: or DLF players. Um, how do you know that? there have been a few instances in my dynasty career where this was made very obvious and just to go with what you said um I had Amon-Ron a few teams and he came up as wide receiver three in October ADP I think it was or no September because it was after the nope October because September would have been before the season started and I'm like oh well, I mean, I like him, but wide receiver three, really? Okay, so I start sending not even wide receiver three prices, like wide receiver five or six. Like, I wasn't asking, you know, Amon Ra on a second for Chaser Jefferson. Like, I was trying to downgrade, like Amon Ra for this guy in a first, this guy in a second. Like, I couldn't get Amon Ra for. Well, send Amon Ra for. Garrett Wilson and a second like that got rejected and I was told that there was no difference between the two of them Mm -hmm. when now it seems a little closer because Garrett Wilson has been doing very well this is before that like, you know, I was just a Garrett Wilson fan trying to get on Garrett Wilson because I saw he was doing well. And then he had his little mini breakout where he started to actually catch touchdowns and get the nine, 10 targets. And yeah, now it makes sense to project that trade, but based on ADP of that month where we were talking wide receiver three to wide receiver, like 20, if that were the case, I'd have been getting ripped off by sending Amon Ra for Garrett Wilson in a second, but a yeah, very, ADP. very good example of this trade addicts three, we had a guy who quit before the season started because he drafted, we all drafted clearly. And after in between the draft and the season, every trade that happened, he measured value based on the draft we had. Yeah. And the problem is we all, the rest of us traded otherwise. And it's just like, yeah but I didn't draft that guy I don't care when someone else drafted him why would that why would that why was that's not my value or no yes that guy should have been drafted first but my guy is younger on a better team with different with upside I don't care that you spent too much like you drafted your guy two rounds too early that that's not trade value cool you can say no but don't tell me I'm wrong because this draft says so like he literally quit the league because we couldn't trade he got angry that we kept saying that he was wrong and of course when you tell someone they're wrong over and over again they got angry everyone else got angry and it was not a pretty scene but like it it did not work he literally did not make a single trade like even when we were trying to use that to our advantage well you know this guy was drafted here and this guy was drafted there so clearly you should trade this and of course we were asses about it because it was stupid and yeah we well, the transition. quintessential dynasty is easy if everyone
0: just does the stupid thing. When I go to trade with them, um and yet I find myself doing it, like when I see Amamra Saint Brown ranked as the third wide receiver overall, I my immediate thought is, "God, I really like being that high on Amamra Saint Brown. I love that player. He's lower drafted, he's all volume, no no pizzazz, no high forty time." That's my kind of jam. We try to have very firm opinions on who's worth what and who, what the value of any player is and what's going to happen next year. But the immediate, the minute you're challenged with, I have, I don't know, uh, let's do a random one. Um, Noah Fant ranked as a top 10 tight end. That's one I found in the Superflex consensus rankers right now have him ranked as a tight end 10. And my immediate thought was, you're crazy. <laughs> uh, ADP has him as like the tight end 28. I don't like Noah Fant particularly. I thought he was fine. I think he's fine. I think he's in that. And then it sat with me. And I'm like, you know, you can draft a lot of bust tight ends or trade for a lot of tight ends you have hope for. Like I've got Greg DeLooch of Noah Fant, but he could easily just never be more than Noah Fant's ever been. He's at least been in the top 12 already. Um, and, and, DLF rankers are probably actually pretty smart to have at least a proven player who can get inside the top 12 and he's athletic and he was drafted reasonably and then traded. I found myself talking myself into it because I get it. That's not actually an insane rank. It's just that no one's excited about Noah Fant. So if you go and make a trade offer on Noah Fant, you're probably actually going to get a reasonable value. Mm -hmm. I don't know what my question is here, but I think it's interesting that just seeing someone else rank something or value something drastically different to what you have in your head, you immediately think, am I right
2: or am I wrong? When essentially what you're describing is both. There's there's no freaking right, because we, we have no idea. And what we think is right could be right for four minutes and then go very, very wrong for the rest of time. Like, you know, it's like, oh, how, am I, how, how do I do this dynasty trade? I don't know. I'll tell you in six years, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, so, like, That's so like much Elijah Moore choose. this
0: season, right? There's no reason to trade him away desperately. Good rookie season, good profile, good draft yep. capital. I think his rookie's profile, rookie season was pretty good. And then this season's just, you're wrong all of a sudden again. And you want to pummel yourself with, what did I miss that told me I should have traded Elijah Moore away? When honestly, I don't think there's anything that really outside of knowing quarterback concerns. But, you know, we wouldn't have wanted A.J. Brown if we allowed that. you got to develop a good process, but you can have a good process and end up in the wrong answer. In a world
2: where there is no right answer, how do you make trades? I'll bring it back to what you said. You make trades because you realize you have a player on your roster that someone values more than you do, in which case you can get good value for him. So that's what you do. You know, it goes, I, I mean, that's what, you know, Brian Haar ex uh, co-host of the train Attics pod Pod, Oh, he said, he's like, that's why deals get done. Deals get done because people value players differently and then take it even deeper. It's the Pasiga slash Zach Reed notebook thing where you play your, you play your league mates. You don't play fantasy football. You don't play the players. You play your league mates because everyone knows the second my new year of picks come on i'm gonna get flooded with trade offers because i got a shiny new toy to trade away so everyone knows that i'm impatient and a child when sees shiny new things that you know i want to do something with it you know like you know your league mate so you take advantage of it and it's not taking advantages of the wrong word because that sounds sinister but it, you know it's not it's playing to your strengths and their strengths and it doesn't mean that just because i trade my first away right away that i'm doing it bad or doing it poorly you know i'm making a good trade i just happen to do it way too quickly you know that trade that pick will gain value as time goes on but i don't care i have it i want to do something with it i like trading i actually
0: i actually find that the common thread no matter how many people i talk to and hopefully i'll talk to some more maybe uh maybe some good players eventually but we'll stick with you for now um... yeah. <laughs> when you can't get anybody else you get me That's fine. you get rough now um everyone everyone you just mentioned has spoken to and they they describe their process or how we dig down to it differently and they're interested in different things and they suggest doing different moves or playing dynasty in a slightly different way but a common thread through all of them is essentially it's all making bets is the wrong term because it relates to gambling. it's like calling, using stock market terms for players. It is, but it isn't. You essentially play the person across the table, the poker analogy. You're playing your league mates much more than you're playing yourself. And you're willing to be wrong. Like, I just have to accept that there is no process that will get me right or wrong more often. Well, hopefully that's the goal. You get it right more often. But everything is a risk. Keeping this player is a risk. Trading him away is a risk. And so essentially you always trade away a player if someone else values them more than you do. And you use your valuation, how you feel, as strongly as you can state it, as your guiding principle. And if they like them more, you'll trade them. Not because you don't like that player, because it's all about making taking risks of keeping them versus trading them away. And um, it, it, it's, it's actually this common thing I find at the core of most people's process, which is honestly just and playing the other person or making bets and admitting that you can be right or you can be wrong. And it comes out in different ways. Now, when we're talking directly about you primarily think about trading, it's it's very direct and obvious. It's not nearly as sort it's literally what trading is. Here's what keeps coming to mind or what I'm, I i do not know why I'm trying to talk around to, but I think most dynasty questions, most people that get in my DMs or come on the dynasty grind with you, me and Zach, I think really the question everyone's asking is here is my roster. What do I do? Because it's, it's it's literally what I think every time I log into one of my leagues. It's like, what am I meant to be doing? <laughs> like, how do I win? Well, I haven't won yet. My team sucks. And the question is always, no matter how, and we ask for more specific questions, like, what's your league? But I honestly think that's the reaction that most people have when they look at the league. It's not already on the way to the final right now, it's what am I doing wrong? Here's my roster. Mm-hmm. What do I do? and ultimately all the answers boil down to no, I know no, no. there's a million things you can try to do. You have to develop your own opinion on what you think is, and then go looking for people in your league that think differently and get a trade done. Or especially once uh, the league
2: has begun. And I am a really bad poker player. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of fun doing it, but I, like I said before, you're supposed to play your league mates. You don't play the game. In poker, you're not supposed to play your cards. You play the table. All I do is look at my cards. It's 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 bad. It's, it's the wrong way to play, but it's still the way I have fun. And I don't play high-stakes poker, just like I don't play high-stakes fantasy football. The most expensive league I'm in is $50. I, did, I never try to have an idea (laughs) i never try to have an idea it's really just because see what comes at me and i just try and have some fun with it like out of nowhere for the trade addicts nine draft before the lead you know everyone's like okay i'll trade down looking to trade down looking to trade down i'm like okay let's see what i can do and i ended up with the 101 and 103 this is not something i would normally do but Everyone wanted to trade down. So I'm going to see what it's like to trade up. And honestly, now I trade up in almost all of my startup drafts. But besides the point, like... Damn it, Russ. You see, I
0: keep trying to dig into that core part. You have a certain opinion on what's going to happen, what you value players as, and you go looking for other... I, I get that. You go looking for other players that think differently and you try to make trades, make bets. But how you come up with that first thing uh, is different. Yeah, like everyone, that's why everyone has slightly different values on different players. And that's what I want to get to. Like right now, like this offseason. And so that's why I was going to the startup draft. Like, what do you think is going on right now? You have to have some estimation of where you think production is right or where you think the NFL is right or however you want to describe it. And what's going to happen moving forward so that you can have a value to then go and trade with. That's, well, that's what I'm trying to get to. Like, how, how are you looking at the NFL right now? You're like, what, what, all these young running backs goals. are awesome. I'm going to go trip. I, I like them more than most people or whatever. Or Matt Faramuth is the best in the world. I know you personally think that. Oh, absolutely. I'm yeah. just
2: going to say that. Uh, my way of playing fantasy football is insanely narrative based. Like, I don't do research. I don't, you know, you know, crunch any numbers whatsoever. I don't watch film. There are some weeks I don't even watch football, but I still pay attention to the rest of the world enough to know what's going on in people's heads. But again, you went right back to what everyone else thinks. So
0: let me let me get even clo- closer to the mark. You love T. Higgins, Garrett Wilson—you've already mentioned—and I know you love J.K. Dobbins. Why <laughs> do you love these players?
2: <laughs> um, well, T. Higgins, it was. A combination of a lot of things when he was coming into the league um i actually caught a few of clemson's games his last year and he just did some crazy good things like his body control on the sidelines was some of the most beautiful work i've ever seen like him being able to keep his toes parallel to the to the out of bounds line while twisting his body sideways holding the defender off with his elbow and making a hand catch not even pulling it like it was fantastic it was amazing to watch and you know so i did watch a little bit of him and then getting going to the bengals with joe burrow and him falling to the second round of rookie drafts just everything came together for me to like T Higgins and a thing with me is I I don't half-ass two things I whole ass one thing like when I start if I say things too often I start to believe them you know I could have been jokingly saying I love T Higgins but all of a sudden I just say I love T Higgins over and over and over again that even if it was sarcastic in the beginning it's just all I know now and not to say that's what happened with him specifically but it's like you know where you, you keep hearing like people call each other, bro. And you're like, that's the dumbest thing in the world. And then you start making fun of it. Like don't yards for carry me, bro. And then you start saying it. Then all of a sudden you're like, shit, I'm calling people bro now without even realizing it. It just, just sort of sneaks into your brain. And, and that really is what it is with a lot of people. Like with Garrett Wilson, I never saw him play in college, but I heard enough about things I like to look for in wide receivers where I'm like, all right, this is going to be my dude this draft. And and that's really what it was. Um, J.K. Dobbins, I did watch a little bit of him play, and I knew enough about the other running backs where I'm like, no, I just think Dobbins is my favorite, especially, again, taking his draft value into consideration where you didn't have to worry about Edwards Hilaire's disgusting price after the draft. Jonathan Taylor is too good for me to worry about, and you hit this level where then everyone loves the versatility of swift. And I'm like, and then that left, just left Dobbins. And I'm just like, yep, that that's my sweet spot right there. Like I, it, it's not a scientific anything whatsoever. And that's sometimes really what I'm trying joke, to get to, but it just,
0: cause I, I know how you play. I talked, I talked to you for three hours every week. I know way too much about you. I don't know if you don't know this, or if, um, because not everyone's like me, not everyone has to dig damn right to the core of shit and, and figure it out. That's how you play it. And it's actually what I like the most about how you play. Because there's essentially two aspects to the way you're playing Dynasty. And everyone's trying to do both, but they emphasize different elements of it. Uh, let me try and simplify this. You like players because you're a fan. And mm-hmm. it's okay. Everyone wants to out, evaluate everyone else. I find that and a lot with rookies, especially. I know because I watched, and if you watch this sideline catch or statistics, you've just got to understand if you per game that dominator and divided <laughs> by the square root of the sun, then I have the perfect model. And it's honestly, I love that part of Dynasty. I like trying to find things that give you edge to compare a player to past great players and see who's more like them. Like I, I love doing that. But I think a lot of times we emphasize that, and then value is just ADP. Value is just keep trade cut and make sure you stay within the lines. That first part of the process is just, yeah, I watch. I look at some statistics. I just like who I like. And instead, you emphasize the second part of it. An example would be on the Dynasty Grind not a few weeks ago. Someone really likes Kadarius Tony, which is fine, again, He's a fan of Kadarius Tony or he has a really strong evaluation process or really strong opinion in his evaluation process and um, whatever it may be. but that isn't a mistake because I think everyone can have whatever opinion there. you develop, you try and do as well as you can at that first part or you just let it be a casual that's what you that's why I like it. You, it's just a casual enjoyment of players and what you think. Based on what you see, in statistics, you don't have some strict you've got to got to do these things. Well, it does become a mistake when you trade CD Lamb for Kadarius Tony. That's what I'm getting to. He traded like a second and CD Lamb for Kadarius (laughs) Tony. So you can play that first part or that second part, however you like, but they have to balance in some way. That's what I always get from listening to you talk. Like you are fine just being a fan who knows a lot by all means, but you're less strict with yourself on why you like T. Higgins. It's not his yards per route run over a certain game stretch, or J. K. Dobbins just has the elusiveness, whatever. Instead, what you do is you're the extreme of that guy on the second part of it. Like, you love T. Higgins, you're going to go add a little bit, but you won't find you trading Justin Jefferson straight up for for T. Higgins, and you'll also add a first because – you know you just your fan that first more casual part of your process says that you should that is your valuation, but you are strict with yourself on the second part of it you'll add to get to t higgins to pay more than he should no matter what that other person's valuation of him may be but you won't let yourself go out of bounds on the on that second part of the process you won't trade cd lamb in a second for Kaderis tony no matter how much of a fan you are and (laughs) That's the part I don't understand, and uh, the part I've completely failed to get to today. But that's how you play dynasty. You just enjoy football. You enjoy talking about it. You enjoy trade. You enjoy everything. You're, you you just suck with your positivity. You, but you let yourself just like players for whatever reasons you like them. It doesn't have to be the same reason. It could just be that everyone else hates them, and you want to support them. But you are uh, you play strict value lines on the second part of it to acquire them, to draft them, to put them on your team. You'll go out of those lines. You'll color outside the lines a little bit, but never so far that your team is going to be tanked by it because you do it with every single player. Like, you can trade CD Lamb in a second for Kadarius Tony, and your team's still fine, but if you do it with every single player, you, you're going to quickly discover you've got a lot of Donovan Peoples-Jones shares and not much else. Um, and Five-star recruit, baby.
2: why I was asking you about how you... I mean, um, and not to say you can't do that, you absolutely can. Yeah, well, maybe you, not you a second on top of like I feel bad we're just ragging on this guy, but but you like a player, you go get him. It's just yeah. why do that
0: if you don't have to? And maybe he exactly. did in his league, to be fair, it's not like we know his league or anything like that. And yeah, uh, hopefully he's on the grind a lot, so he knows he knows us. I don't think I'll take offense to it, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it's, it's that second part of the process that you are more process driven uh, which is where all your well it really depends and play your league mates comes in so let me ask you this and there are some leagues where whoever holds t higgins won't trade him to you without adding too much and you'll just not
2: have t higgins in those leagues right yeah what's too much i mean it's a reality yeah absolutely and it's happened. Yeah, for real. Okay, let me start clicking. I, I can't bring my, I, I can't click this extra. I can't, my finger won't actually go down. What is, you, you know, that's really all it is. It's that, that gut feeling where you're like, okay, no, I can't. I was willing to do this, but I can't do that. You know, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. You know it's it see, really either- you see
0: some people are f- perfectly fine clicking on too much and i think that yeah, is an answer that's why we we'll answer the people that's why we go on the dynasty grind and ask a question or why i dm you a lot it's like is this too much is that <laughs> too much how much for pat pheromuth is too much when you really think about it um and i actually think there's an answer there it, it, Again, you don't have it boiled down to uh, X plus Y equals Z. And you don't have just follow ADP or just follow keep trade cut. You might have a just listen to my podcast, man. You'll learn. Because I actually think that's the answer. You're you sent a million trades. You've received a million trade offers. You've done this a lot. And it's almost like talking to a tape grinder where eventually it comes to a point where you just got to trust me. I know. And it's really frustrating <laughs> for someone who doesn't it's have it. Because,
2: like, like, how do we get like that?
0: We like, just send a million trades, bro. I don't have time, and that's uh, yeah. I'm getting no answers out of you for that part of it. That's that's a mystery source I, right there. How in, wish, how do you I, value I what I is had too an much? answer
2: to give you?
0: You do. But, well, I don't know why you won't share your secrets, but you, you like. That's the secret. How do you know when hey, too much is I'm an too open much book. and when it's no. greed.
2: Like it's, I got nothing. Like I, I wish there was... It really just is the fact that it's a, it's a gut thing. Like I said before, everything I do is insanely narrative-based. It's just how I'm feeling at the moment. There really oh is no... It's <laughs> like, no,
0: there is. I know it's the answer, and this is why it's taken me so long to ask you to come on the crossroads, because I, that's the answer I want from you, and you don't have damn answer. it's just you know and like just trust me bro (laughs) and me and Jake used to when he was here a lot like again it's not it's not tape grinders versus some some things are knowable through experience and someone like me will never believe you can't boil that down to a hey you you can you know just know these
2: things or go practice like you can know it quickly if you just know the indicators I wish I had the like I wish I could you know like pop the head open Go through the Rolodex of my brain because I'm old and, you know, Rolodexes used to be a thing. I'd pull the card out and hand it to you if I could.
0: Honestly, I'm not going to say it's fair to say. I'm going to say someone who was more reasonable would say that is fair to say. It's just an experience and, you know, listen to the traders, which you really should. And get a sense of what other people are doing. And just over time, you get a sense of what is too much and what is too little. Where are the error bars in an individual circumstance? Or you just learn who to tweet and ask in DM, which is
2: what I Well, do. that's always where it starts. You know, but, like even Zach is saying, he's not a good trader. So he would listen to my show, listen to HQ. Um, yeah, we got to go.
0: We got to record the Dynasty Grind. Zach is sitting in a thunderstorm right now, hoping the lights stay on, just waiting for us. So we got to go. But... I think that is the answer. Uh, It's just an experience with failure in how much is too much and how much is too little. Um, And it is, like every part of Dynasty at a certain point is just experience with playing it. So there's some lessons to be taken from there. Don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to lose. Everything is a risk. And keep trying more. It's just, I hate it. I hate it, Russ. And where can people find you again before we go... And I, you know, howl at the moon because that's where oh, it I Stay am out. at
2: Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter, uh, Trade Addicts Podcast, uh, Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, DLF Family Podcasts, um, Dynasty Game Night, Dynasty Wall Street, the DLF Trade Show. Uh, I really feel like there's more. Thanks very much, Chris. Thank you, Peter.
0: That that didn't sound sincere. I'm like, yeah, thanks.
1: Thanks, Pete. <laughs> <sighs> yeah! Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go! Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, run unfolds, so! Jake on the table and Ape on the place, no! Dean enumerates the plays, they're analytical! Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that! Picking their brains, got there in lanes, but I like that yeah. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats nice. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars Dropping bombs without no borders, dick got that eye, like like mortar, Peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore I am at a crossroads, chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go Click a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold so Jake on the table and they pull the play. though. Pete and it's the a they analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold so Jake on the table and they on the play. though. Pete in Numa, it's a the place they analytical.